You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. Genesis 15, we need to dive into this and get an understanding here of what the Lord is doing here. Can you help us understand the Abrahamic Covenant a little deeper? Well, I, I think I think that I think there are a lot of things here. I think this chapter talks about the fact that even though um, you know faith is there, there's it's often said is not a sprint; it's a marathon. And uh, here is Abraham, Avram. His name hasn't been changed yet, but Avram and and, and Sarah. Uh, have been waiting since since Abraham was 75 years old, Sarah was 65. And they'd been waiting for this promise, and so many years have passed. And they were, they were saying, you know, is this ever going to take place? And that's the backdrop, that's the backstory to this. And so after these things, because, and I think it's fascinating here, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Avram. The God is proactive. He knew about the struggle. And there are times, you know, there, there are times when God just doesn't wait around for me to say, I, I, I need you. He proactively steps in, and he knew that he was struggling, and so he opens up by saying, do not be afraid. Now, what's so fascinating here is that there are multiple words for not or no in, in Hebrew, the two the two that come immediately to mind are, are lo, which is which is open-ended, though it often has a sense of never. But here, the word here, al is used, which is for the here and now. And he says, "Do not be afraid." And the word for being afraid here is in the imperfect tense, where the action is continuous. And so the, we often feel, I can make a decision once in my life, and then I'll never be afraid again. And God has allowed, in, in, his, in his genius and his sovereignty, he has made it so that we, don't, we constantly need to go back to him, um, and that there are stimuli to fear throughout life. That you, no one can say, I'm going to decide once and for all not to be afraid. We have to make that choice every moment of every day of our lives. And so that's what God says. The very structure here says, says, Altira, make a choice now not to be afraid. He said, because Anochi Magain Lecha, I am a shield for you. Um, there are references throughout the Bible, Magain Avraham. God says he's going to be a shield. The Lord has got our back, he's got our front, he's got our sides, he's got our top and our bottom. He says, I'm your exceedingly great reward. Rabim has more of the sense, multiple, that I've got lots of rewards for, for you. And, and so and Avram says, well, here's the opportunity for me to talk to God. He says, my Lord, my Lord God, my Lord Adonai, what will you give me? Lord God, I've been wanting a son. Lord, that is, and, and of course Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself also in, in the Lord. 
and he will give you the desires of your heart. And people often think that that means a great, a nice car, a nice house, a bank account, friends, popularity, whatever, top job. But um, but it, the word is mishalot, uh, which actually comes from the verb sha'al, to pray. Some of the prayers of the heart, the things that really count, God knows what they are. Problem is we don't know what they are until uh, until we are in the context of a relationship with the Spirit of God. And then when we delight in Him and spend time with Him, He brings those things out. And so God, and so Abraham says, that my real heart's desire is for a son. And he says, what reward is there that's worth anything if I don't have, have a son? I'm living without children, and the heir of my household is Eliezer of Damascus. He, the practice of the day was that if someone didn't have a child, he would adopt a servant from, from his household to be his son. And, and so that's what Avram had done. It was the practice of the day. And he says, this servant, and he was, Eliezer was a good man, a faithful man, and he's the one that Abraham later entrusted to go find a wife for Isaac when Isaac was born, and he was faithful and didn't, didn't try to just hang on to his own share of the estate. He was not greedy. But then he says, then, then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one will not be your heir, but in fact, one who will come from your own body will be your heir. And, 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 uh, um, and he says, the promise still applies. You don't need to help me out here. I'm really going to do this. He, Abraham and Sarah had no idea that God was going to show something. He can overcome age and any factor. Um, he, he, anything that we lack, God has an industrial strength in order to fulfill his promises to us. And so he says, this one will not be your heir, but in fact, one, one who will come from your own body will be your heir. They took him outside and said, look up now at the sky and count the stars if you are able to count them. So shall your seed be. Now, what's interesting here is fascinating. You referred to it before when, when, when you read the scripture of the day, you read this. This was not the first time that Abraham or Avram at this point had heard the, the promise of God. Some say three, sometimes sometimes it was the fourth. Um, but it may have been much more often, but he heard it one more time. And that God so often will say through the prophets, hear the word of the Lord, hear the var Adonai. And that uh, Paul writes, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that, that faith is built by, by hearing, the, hearing the word of God. And we start to get discouraged. That's what the time we need to go back to Scripture. Avram hears it one more time and he says, then he believed, lots of translations say he believed the Lord. Actually, it says he believed in the Lord. He believed in the person, not just the words. People think of the Bible as just a, some sacred book. But what makes it sacred is the fact that it is the very expression of the breath and the word of God. And so he, he didn't just believe the words, he believed in the one behind the words. And, and that, that there's a consistency between the scriptures and the God who gives them. 
And so he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Suddenly there was transformation. And if, and if somebody listening in today is feeling discouraged, go back to the promise. Go back to the promise of, what, of what, what God said. And he said to me, and he goes on in 7, he says, I am Adonai who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans. There's been a history. God recites the, the history, and he calls out to Avram the history of everything he's done in order to give you this land. So he said, how shall I know that I, uh, I, I will inherit it? And Reassure, uh, assure me, reassure me, the verb to know means to know experientially. Lord God, how will I know? And so he says, he told him to bring, for time's sake, I don't have time to go into, into the whole thing, but he has him bring some sacrifices, various kinds of sacrifices that were offered for the poor and the rich, and because Abraham was a rich man, he, uh, he uh, offered the, um, the uh, most expensive one. And, and, and he entered into the practice, God entered into the practice of contract and, and covenant from, from the time when, uh, when two, there were not courts and there were not computers and there weren't attorneys all over. So what, what, when two parties wanted to make a, a, a contract, they would take a sacrifice and they would cut it into pieces and they would arrange the pieces in rows and each party would walk up and down between the rows as if, to, as if to say, may I be like this animal, this, this carcass, if I don't keep my, my word. And what's fascinating here is that Abraham does, but God puts him, God puts him into a semi-trance state. A, a psychologist friend of mine called it the hypnagogic area, um, and, and he where, where he's fully aware of what's going on, but can't move, can't do anything about it. And so, why? Because God knew that if Abraham had a chance to be in a covenant relationship with God, he'd be running up and down between those rows of pieces. And, and God knew that as long as any of it were dependent on man, it would fail. So there's a, there's a, there's a burning pot that goes up and down between the pieces representing the, the, the Lord. There's a torch moving, represents the fiery presence of God, and God puts all the terms. This is so incredible. God puts all the terms of the covenant onto himself. That's why Jeremiah 31 is so powerful. A new covenant I will give you. And not like the covenant that I made with your forefathers, in that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which I broke, which they, they broke, though I was a husband to them. This is the covenant that I will make with them. I will put my Torah in the in, inward parts and write it on their hearts, and they shall teach no more. Every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. And that's why the, the basis for the relationship between Israel and God is not the Mosaic law. God in, the, in Jeremiah just says, not like that covenant. The basis is the covenant God made with Abraham, where he put all the terms, and Yeshua fulfilled that in the new. And, and, so, uh, and, and so God puts all the terms onto himself. And 
and God then go, then says, your descendants are going to end up being being slaves in a foreign land for 400 years. Afterward, I'm going to bring them out because the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. God was giving the Canaanites 400 years to repent before God was going to to expel them and give the land to, to Israel. Um, and, and, of course, God knew they wouldn't, but he gave them 400 years. Um, and, 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 and then that was the explanation. That was the prophecy of the enslavement of Israel in Egypt. And, uh, and so God brought them out with, and just, you know, the Exodus story and God brought them out with great rewards. Um, the, the faithfulness of God is so great, you know, and people tuned in to this broadcast. If you are listening and you are battling discouragement and despair about a promise for anything, go back to the Word of God. Ask God for a promise from Him and hang on to that and keep going back to that because God honors His Word above His name. Rabbi Jeff, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just could. So with that regard, you know, I really learned a little bit of something here. One thing that I've learned is that when when you mentioned the fact that God came and gave that you know multiple times to Abraham throughout different parts and years in between, and and just mentioning the fact that um, you mentioned the the when Paul wrote, "Faith cometh by hearing." I've always not always, but many times we hear that in an um, evangelical setting where uh, a pastor or someone is preaching on that uh, topic and or those verses and says, you know, we need to send people so that um, they might come to faith in Christ. And so, but it's just a great reminder to uh, that God God wants us to revisit the scriptures all the time to build the faith that we have. And, and even over the years, like Abraham, God stepped in and did that. We can do that every day by building our faith, by going back to what God says. It was just, a, that's just a great reminder for me. You know, I remember, I remember when I, I, I was a seminary student, um, the scriptures became very academic to me, mm-hmm. and I I read the scriptures to fulfill assignments, um, and and uh, and I stopped looking at the scriptures for hearing God, and I need to hear God every day. Mm-hmm. I need to meditate on the scriptures. Last time I was on last week, we talked about the first Psalm: "Happy is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly." There's so many. So, so many um, uh, uh, defiling voices ar- around us, but says his delight is in the vo- is in Torah Tadonai, in the instruction of the Lord, and in his Torah he meditates the in, in perfect tense, he, he, day and night he, he he interacts with it all the time, and I I need to hear the voice of the Lord. There are so many voices. And I need to hear the clear, clarion voice of the Spirit of God speaking to me every, all day, every day. That is so important for each of us. And, you know, it resonates with me what you said about, you know, studying God's Word for the academic purpose. And that ultimately can lead us to a place of spiritual dryness mm. um, because it does become a tool where we're not listening for the Word of God. We're not listening for direction from Him. We are there in it 
and looking at it from a completely different perspective uh, with a different goal, which is either to respond correctly to a professor's question or, you know, for any other reason. But that really does resonate um, because when I look at, you know, the fact that there are times where I go, you know, I, I do. I'm in God's Word every day. Well, you know, that might be because I'm I got to write a devotional this morning, you know, and I made forego it in the evening and just be like, well, I'm going to play skip bow with the kids or whatever it might be. And, you know, and you can just easily slip out of that. And that's true for pastors as well as it is for the person who is in the congregation. Mm. Um, We all struggle with that, but that absolutely resonates with me there, Rabbi Jeff. Well, you know, there there are people who see the words of the Bible as magic spells like, um, But the statement is made in verse 6, Abraham believed in the Lord. He didn't see the scriptures as magic. He saw, the, he saw it as the expression of the one who loved him and had brought him from Ur and, and who, who loved him and had carried him to that point and where would, would carry him the rest of the way. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We all needed to hear this this morning because truly it is, you know, the belief we walk by faith, not by sight. And, you know, for all that Abram had gone through to be told, you know, leave the land of your forefathers to this land, to go to this land. I'm not going to tell you where it is, what it looks like, but I can tell you I want you to go there. Mm. And he does with sight unseen just does. And that's the type of faith that God is looking for in our own heart. And Mm -hmm. so I just want that to encourage you today. If you are struggling and you are even on the border trying to wrestle with something that you feel that God may be asking or leading you to, simple words. Well, they might be trademarked. Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. Um, He is faithful. We have cover to cover proof of God's faithfulness. And that is true in your life as much as it was in Abram's life. Rabbi Jeff, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning and talking with us and bringing us to this. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on as a guest. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.